sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we are back at it yet again uh, for another World Cup recap. We did one earlier today because we were a little late from yesterday. Well, you did one earlier today. That's right. We No, we, <laughs> we attempted to do, we really tried to do one. And then I made it stupid because I'm stupid. So anyway, that you know was what tough. else is stupid? Radio equipment and everything and the whole work from home world. Yeah, is stupid. it's all been it's all been kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, we got it going now. So we're working. We can make it happen. So that's what I'm excited about. Uh, so here's what we have today. We are going to go over some of the games from today. All the games from today. Let you know what that means for the current standings. And then we'll give you a little update on what is happening in that group, in each of those groups, and we'll, you know, give you an idea of what to expect in tomorrow's action as well. Also, separate of the World Cup, completely unrelated, Zaftig Italian Village is the place to go if you want to watch soccer this time of year. You can do that. Tuesday seems like a great idea. Tuesday at 2 p.m., I think Beam's going to have another of our listener appreciation parties where you're just going to be I'm there. just having a happy hour. Hanging out, yep. So whatever soccer may be on, Tuesday at 2 o'clock, might want to get there early. Heard there was possibly a big game. You could see Beam, and you could also get some delicious USA IPA or any of the other mm. delicious brews from Zaftig. Uh, you can also find USA IPA wherever you find good beer, like a Giant Eagle, for example. I believe they've got some in stock. Anyway, that's just all separate from what we just were talking about with the World Cup. That is completely unrelated. So now back to the World Cup. Uh, is there any match you want to start with today, Beamer? Because we had quite a few good developments. First, I believe game day we've had so far this uh, World Cup cycle where there was not a draw to be found. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. We can uh, literally just rattle them off uh, as they came today. But, All right, Because I good. know that that uh, first game you had, and I believe that was Group D, early morning 5 a.m. kickoff was Australia and uh-huh. Tunisia, yeah. uh, if I'm not wrong. You are, you are correct on that. Tunisia seemed like they had a decent amount of the play and had quite a few opportunities, but Australia, Mitchell Duke got him started, and that was the goal that was the difference for Australia in the 23rd minute, and he, he, he was, that was a nice goal, but the, Austra- the Australian team, I wouldn't say, was necessarily dominating that game, but they did get some big stops from their goaltender, Matt Ryan, which it's always fun hearing Matt Ryan with a big stop. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, <laughs> just as someone who watches other sports than soccer. Sorry for neighbor Eric if he's listening. That was fun, and uh, they were able to maintain their lead and not give it up, as Matt <laughs> Ryan teams sometimes do. <laughs> that's a uh, it's a great pull out of you. I believe Matt Ryan, man of the match as well, if only yeah. he could conjure that up in the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Patriots. But yes, yeah, you're been. right. Neighbor Eric is just banging his head through his wall. He's like, I don't what understand. What the hell are you guys talking about? He's like, about? I don't know what By the way, that quick, means. Quick, quick aside on neighbor Eric. So we live in Clintonville. Mm-hmm. And again, neighbor Eric, if you're new to the show and you're just listening to us because the World Cup updates, welcome. Um, but so neighbor Eric lives right next to me. We share a driveway. I can literally look into Eric's living room and he can look into mine. And so today before the Ohio State game, which sucked and we won't get into that, uh, they had a flyover at the horseshoe. Right. Mm. And so we're like right in the flight path of <laughs> these jets <laughs> that, you know, do the flyover. Right. I mean, again, we're like just, you know, we're in Clintonville, so we're not too far away from the stadium. And I saw Eric out doing yard work 
And I mean, again, it like shook my house and my dog, Theo, was going nuts. And it, he looked so perplexed as to what was going on. I went out and I'm like, hey, are you all right? He goes, what in the hell was that? I'm like, well, Ohio State's playing Michigan today. He goes, oh, yeah, forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that one. Yeah. Oh, good times. You love to hear that. So he is. And then he swiftly tweeted out, dear Ohio State, please stop flying jets over my house for football games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a real thing. That w- <laughs> that would be frustrating. I could see why he would be uh, not enjoying that very much. So, yeah, that's a uh, it's neighbor Eric. He's good. He always is is good to like not know about the things that are going on other than soccer, and that's okay. We appreciate. Who was the coach at Ohio State? Is it that Tressman fella? <laughs> no, Eric. That was Jim Tressel, and he would fired in two thousand and ten. Mm. You know what? Bring him back. Anyway, another, <laughs> another topic for another day. Um, all right. So Australia, they get it done against Tunisia. Big win for them. That puts them on three points, which is a big deal. We'll get to in a second. Actually, we'll just talk about the other game in Group D, and then we'll move on to uh, Group C and, and go over what happened there. France and mm. Kylian Mbappe getting two goals from their superstar, who when he plays for France, he is about as good as it gets. And now they they go and take it to... Uh, in this game, uh, this was the Denmark France matchup was one that I think was one of the better matchups that you would have coming into this. Yeah. A lot of stars, a lot of European players, uh, you know, Schmeichel in goal for Denmark. And yet France, he made some big stops, but France was able to get it done because they've got Kylian Mbappe. And that's going to be your cheat code whenever he's out there playing at his best. You and I were texting about this game when it was going on, and it was literally butt up right against the Ohio State game. And I had the TV on the Ohio State game, and I had my computer fired up, and I know that you were doing the same thing for this. I'm telling you, man, when Kylian Mbappe plays for France, he is the best player on planet Earth. Like, whatever it is, the system that Deschamps runs him through, and when he wears those blue uniforms for France, he is just, he's a nightmare. Like, I, I honestly, I don't understand... And again, if you watch him play for his club team, yeah, like, yeah, still same player. Very good. They implement him in different strategies when he plays for France and he plays on a big stage, man, that notch just turns up a little bit for him again. Welcome to the World Cup to Kylian Mbappe. Four years ago, he burst on the scene as a 19 year old and you're like, oh, this guy's going to be a problem. Well, fast forward four years later, again, if you're one of those people who just watches international soccer and just tunes in maybe for the World Cup and nothing else. uh, Yeah, guy is very good. He is 23 years old. He has 31 goals for France. He is top five all time in French history. And with his two goals today, guess who he tied for the record for France to be in the top five? That's a guy named Zinedine Zidane. Oh my uh, gosh. In French history. He's 23. <laughs> and he was putting That's... Danish he was putting Danish defenders in spin cycles. And there was a video that I saw when uh, it looked like he was gonna get a pass bone and he kind of body faked, he fainted a little bit. And the Danish defender just like fell over and Kylian Mbappe wasn't even the run of play, even ultimately get a, end up getting the ball, but he is just masterful. So now it sets up an interesting decision day in this group, but tell you what, I know we talked about uh, Paul Pogba being out of this tournament. We talked about Angola Conte being out of this tournament. So many right injuries for eve, France. So many I was going to say right on the eve of the tournament starting, you get the news that Kareem Benzema was going to miss the entire world cup. That's a guy who just won the Ballon d'Or. And it doesn't matter, man. Deschamps, for as, I guess, lackluster as France was kind of in their first game for their first 40 minutes, or I guess 10 minutes against Australia, really. Like, they hit the gas pedal, and they just have a different notch and a different tier that they can get to. And Antoine Griezmann plays fantastic in that system as well. Not having a great club season over there at Atletico Madrid. But I tell you what, man, they are terrifying. And this was a huge result 
because Denmark is a damn good team, and now they have to win on their final match day if they want to get through the knockouts. Uh, yes, and so the final the final matches there in that group, uh, those are all coming up for you on Wednesday. That is Australia and Denmark and Tunisia and France. So as it sits right now, the standings in Group D, you have France leading the way with six points. They've already qualified for the next round. They are they're the, in, first team, they're the, first, they're the team first team that qualified to qualify for the round knockout round, which, you know, hey, man, defending champs kind of stands to reason, right? They would be one of the better teams in this tournament. Kind of makes sense. Australia, though, is now sitting on the three point mark. They are second in the group. Denmark and Tunisia with a point apiece. And so, as I said, with these matches coming up, I mean, you're looking at this situation for Australia. They can hold with a I mean, assuming Tunisia doesn't just beat France. Right. Austra- and, and even there, I'd have to go look at the goal differential to see. But Australia and Denmark, if Australia just plays to a 0-0-0 type of game, they, they could probably advance on that. Denmark is going to be pressing and needing the three points, no doubt. So that may be one of those games that's very frustrating. I was saying on the podcast that you tried to be a part of earlier today. What do you think that, you know, USA game is going to be with Iran? Right. I would assume Iran's, Iran's going to be holding back saying, yeah, we will be we're fine with zero zero. We're through if we do that. And the U.S. is probably going to be pressing and doing everything they can. They have they'll probably have 70, 80 percent of the possession. I would think it'll be the same thing with Denmark and Australia. Meanwhile, with France and Tunisia, France's quality is still leagues better than what Tunisia is. But Tunisia's a good team, too. I mean, they could they, they might just be looking at that as like this is our you know chance at nothing else just to, to gain some pride back and to show that. You know, we belong in this tournament, but they're on the same point as Denmark is. So if they go out and beat France, their uh, goal differential right now is negative one, same as Denmark's. So there's a chance, right? Australia's is negative two. So if, if it works out that Tunisia beats France and Australia just ties Denmark and Tunisia, so yeah, Tunisia has a better goal through. differential, Tunisia could get through. So this is a very interesting group. It's still very up in the air when it comes to uh, next week's game. So that's the on. only the only problem that I have um, with Tunisia in doing this is like France will swiftly put an end to your tournament if you're pressing them. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it would be right. different if, if Tunisia went into this game. It's like, OK, great. We need a point to get yeah, through. Right. Like you you play attacking ball on France. Like, my God, the guys that they have on their team, like they'll they'll swiftly kill you basically in any game that you want to play. But for Tunisia needing three points and needing to go basically all out to try and get it, I don't see that happening. So really, I just that Australia Denmark game, man. You tie Australia. Congratulations to you. Congrats to Milos Dejnik and the Socceroos for getting through. And you're right, Denmark is going to be have to kind of play out of their style. They don't like to do that. They don't like to empty the bucket. They like to possess it and they like to control the game. So uh, it's going to be so fascinating to watch. So definitely want to circle you. Uh, I know that we have the USA and Iran coming up on Tuesday. That's a great follow-up, I think, uh, in this group as well. Yeah, the Wednesday games will be fun. Now let's switch over and go back to Group C, which were the other two you know, games that were today. Uh, we'll start off with the big one, Argentina-Mexico. That was one that had uh, some dire consequences for Argentina Should yeah. if Argentina could not have won. If Mexico... Th- always kind of referred to as the little brothers of Argentina, right? In like the soccer world, like this, I guess, hemisphere, like the the Western hemisphere. Argentina, clearly one of the better teams ever to play in World Cup competition. For some reason, like the idea that like Mexico also kind of looks at Argentina is like, yeah, that could be us someday, but they've never quite really achieved it. There's a little rivalry there. 
And so you thought, man, if Mexico could somehow beat Argentina and knock them out, you already saw what happened with Saudi Arabia earlier in this tournament. That could be a thing. It wasn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> Lionel Messi showed up, got a goal in the uh, 63rd minute, I believe, of this one. And it was a it was a goal that Lionel Messi's going to score. You just he was I mean, it was it was perfectly placed. It was one of those things that even though you have Memento Cho is one of the better goaltenders that we've ever seen in the World Cup. He couldn't do it. He was perfect. He do, he stretched as far as his fingertips would take him. And still yeah. the ball was about inch perfect in between his fingertips and the post. It was a ball's width that would fit in there and Messi hit it. And that's why the game ended up. That was the first goal, obviously, and then they had a second one they tacked on at the end, make it 2 nothing, leave no doubt, but a physical game, which is also a lot of fun to watch. If you like, I mean, again, it was on during the Michigan game. If you were an Ohio State fan and you were watching any of that, you may have missed this, but go back and watch it. It was a pretty physical, fun game, uh, but yeah, Argentina it was, gets and it done. Speaking of, I was going to say, speaking of physicality as well on this, uh, Mexico committed 19 fouls. I believe they had 11 fouls in the first half. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were also doled out four yellow cards. So oh, yeah. They I were, think they any, were like any pressing things that Saudi Arabia said to Argentina to like put on paper. I think Mexico took that up a notch. Uh, and you could see, man, I mean, for a good portion of this game until Argentina finally had the breakthrough uh, with Lionel Messi, uh, Mexico were getting under the skin of the Argentinians. And ultimately, I think at the end of the day, like, sure, you could look at Argentina and say, if you lose this game, you're going to go home and Lionel Messi's World Cup. They were going to pull themselves up by the bootstrap and they finally did it. They get that breakthrough. And then, of course, they get another one uh, to kind of put the cherry on top at the end of the game. But uh, still, I, I thought Argentina were relentless in this game. I thought they were ruthless when they had their opportunities, which wasn't many, uh, that they finally took them and they were precision and they were clinical in doing so. It's been a bad World Cup for CONCACAF teams. Like yeah. as far as like actual goal scoring and open plays, like it's just been pretty disgusting so far. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy for Lionel Messi. He's accomplished so many things in his career. And now he can also say he's uh, been a part of a dos acero against Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Him and Michael Bradley. Kind of the same guy when you know, not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, so there you go. That was, but yeah, Argentina now very much alive in this after looking <laughs> very concerned coming into this one. That also, everybody is alive now. In well, this group. everyone is right because Poland ended up getting their victory against Saudi Arabia. Uh, that was Robert Lewandowski getting the goal in the 82nd minute to, to cap that one off and get the second goal in that game. But yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the affair for Poland. They looked like the better team. I thought they were the better team. They had, the better chances there. Uh, yeah, so. not forget Saudi Arabia had the missed penalty as well. I mean, oh yeah, right, hugely That's different of course. game. Yeah, because it was hugely different. It was a one nothing game for Poland when when that penalty happened. They got that in stoppage time and in the first half, and uh, yeah, it was missed. So that's a big deal there. But we saw Saudi Arabia how dangerous they could be. Poland, no Poland, doubt, kind of kicked Poland's ass in this game. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a bit of a, a, a push there as far as in my mind, like Poland had the goals, obviously, but you're right. I mean, Saudi Arabia, they had a lot of possession. Poland was kind of chasing the game in that way, but ultimately they had the quality. They found the way to get the, and not that Argentina didn't, but <laughs> kudos to Poland for figuring out a way to crack that nut with Saudi Arabia. That's kind of surprising that that's where we are with this tournament, but that's what we are. That's where we have. Yeah, I just honestly like it's it's one of these teams where, you know, they come up to the World Cup and like I'm not watching a lot of Saudi Arabian soccer. I'm not tuning into every one of their matches, but I think they were kind of put on the spot when they beat Argentina. It's like, is that a fluke or is this team for real? Like 
No, I mean, they actually, I mean, kind of destroyed Poland today, and unfortunately for them, they didn't get a result out of it. But you just look at these pass numbers uh, as well. 537 passes from Saudi Arabia compared to Poland's 297. Uh, 456 accurate passes for Saudi Arabia. 228 uh, to Poland as well. So they were passing things around. I think they had 65% of the possession, had more of an expected goal differential. Uh, or expected goal total, and I don't like the, the XG. Like I, I just don't. I can't yeah. get behind that stat. I'm not a big XG nerd, but still, it's something where you look at this. You have the missed opportunity and the penalty kick. Like that game's one-one, and you are able to see out a draw. We're talking about a wildly different scenario now going into decision day for these teams as well. Yeah, and so this keeps everything really interesting for Group C because Mexico plays Saudi Arabia, Poland plays Argentina uh, in that. Final match day, and that is, for whatever it's worth, also on Wednesday. Uh, So those games both are at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, November 30th, if you'd like to check them out. What this means, basically, is that if you're Mexico, this is probably, I mean, unless you find a way to, you have to beat Saudi Arabia and beat them pretty bad to end up with four points. Argentina knows, we just kicked the ball around with Poland. There's a chance that even like if they end up in a tie, Poland goes through pretty much on a tie or anything like they're they're pretty much good. They're not officially qualified for the next round, but they're pretty much good. Yeah, um, they would. So if Poland ties, they're through. If Poland yeah. draws their final game, they're going to they're be through with, with five Argentina. points. They'd be on yes. five points. And yeah, that right. So that would get them guaranteed through. But uh, if there's a scenario where, let's say Poland loses and they have their four points, but let's say whatever that would knock their goal differential down. Mexico could get three points out of Saudi Arabia, potentially. And then if their goal differential surpasses Poland, Poland could, you know, technically get passed as well if Argentina and Mexico could jump them. Uh, Saudi Arabia clearly has the same type of thing going on here. If Saudi Arabia kicks Mexico's ass and wins by like three goals, Argentina... And Poland and Argentina draw, Argentina are out of the tournament. Right, that's... <laughs> God. So this means everyone's got to win. Like, I mean, pretty, Poland's the only one that Other can than say Poland. Yeah. Poland can say like, well, yes, but I'm saying they're not out of danger, right? Because like, if let's say Mexico beats Saudi Arabia and then Argentina beats Poland, Mexico would have four points. Argentina would surpass Poland, so Poland would be fighting for that second spot, and then it'd come down to goal differential. And if you lose to Argentina, your goal differential's less than two, and Mexico right now has a minus two goal differential. But let's say they win three to nothing. You know, I mean, like yeah. <laughs> it could get wild with the math. So and this is why this is why decision this, this what that too. decision days in the World Cup uh, are so great, because, by the way, both these games will kick start off at the same time. Yep. Um, if you don't know about that, like both these games will go on. So it won't be this the, the uh, staggered start that we've seen so far through the first two match days in the World Cup. Both of these games will kick off at the same time. And that way you kind of know as you get into you know, the latter stages of the game, what every team needs to do. And that way there's no match fixing, ideally, obviously. Um, So that's why they do this. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff how that works out. Um, We'll take a break. When we come back, we will give you a preview of what's coming up tomorrow in the World Cup. You are listening to Bone and Beam United. And what? That too. Bone and Beam United brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Uh, Before we do recap what's coming, or preview rather, what's coming up tomorrow, Beam, you didn't get a chance to actually give your opinions or your thoughts on the U.S. draw with England. So 
that was due to technical difficulties. So I give you the floor now. Anything you want to bring up about that game or how you felt about how that was all played? I have I have two trains of thought on this, and I don't know which one is more accurate. I am disappointed that the U.S. only got a point out of this game against England, and I am also overjoyed that they got a point out of this game with England. I know that you and I were texting with Evil Bald Colin, who of course joined us for the U.S. Men's National Team preview uh, last night about everything that was going on with the World Cup. I think here, rosy color outlook, right? Uh, you have England, who is obviously on paper the far more talented team than you. They have players that, my God, uh, will drop drop your jaw uh, in everything that they do. So you tussled with them for 90 minutes. You tussled with them for 90 minutes, and they gave you your best shot, and they couldn't break through. I think that is huge for this team. Mentally moving forward, okay, we haven't been great. We haven't been very good keeping up. Uh, and scoring goals. We only have one through 180 minutes played, but at the same time, we just got through our toughest test and we didn't get destroyed by England, uh, which happened in the first day like Iran did. Now, other color of that is that you had England on the ropes for a period in that game, Bone, which you just could not break through. Some of the substitutions, again, by Greg Berhalter, wasn't a huge fan of, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're playing the free kick at the end really bothered me. Like, you know that you're going for the last kick of the ball and you just you don't even try. Like, I don't understand. You kick the ball um, and then five seconds later, the game ends. You don't you don't have to bring everybody up. You can keep two defenders behind the ball, but to not seek a searching ball into the box to try and get something out of it, I think is complete mind yeah. melt yeah. by Greg Burhalter. I mean, I, 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 I want to say I understand it. I really don't. There is no negative side of that. Um, but at the same time, like you tussled with England. It was great. You got a point out of it. But you had periods and spells in the games in which you should have gotten three points. You should have at least gotten a goal. And they failed to do that. I thought their defense was all right. I thought in big moments, I thought Walker Zimmerman played pretty good uh, yesterday. I thought they bottled up Harry Kane pretty nicely. Some of these talented England players uh, were really unable to get anything going. Uh, by the way, Matt Turner, great job. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he was did, phenomenal. I thought he did very, very well uh, for the U.S. in that game. So I have two lines of thoughts, and I think in the game, watching the game, upset that they didn't get three points, and then maybe looking at it from 30,000 feet above. Like, you tussled with one of the best teams in the world, and you can you prove to yourself that you can be on the field with him for 90 minutes. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how to feel. Obviously, it's going to figure itself out on Tuesday where I will be bubblegut central come two o'clock when they face Iran. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with you on that. And it is it is my hope and my fervent desire that we like Greg Burhalter more or less was like, I got to weather the storm because Gio Reyna is not fully match fit and he had a knock or whatever. And and it, my hope is that you see the lineup that they've wanted to put out this whole time. I don't know. I hope. But we'll find out. Right. Because. I don't understand why you don't have a sub until the 85th minute with Gio Reyna. No, like, I don't, I don't what it. was the point of that? There's, you give him five minutes to make an impact on the game. That's ridiculous. If he's healthy, he's healthy. Put him out there a lot earlier than that. Um, so yeah, substitutions. I'm with you. They were, they were a bit head scratching for me as well. All right. What's on tap for tomorrow in the world cup. Here's what I've got for you. Let me interest you in a little bit of action from the world of group E. You ready for group E? This yep. is. Japan and Costa Rica, 5 a.m. Now, Japan, you may remember, has three points. Same as Spain. They both won their first game. Spain and Japan did. Japan, of course, uh, took it to Germany, whereas Spain walloped Costa Rica to the tune of 7 nothing. 
Japan wins this game, they are into the round of 16. Well, that's what I was going to say, buddy, because Japan, Costa Rica clearly wants to show they're not what they were, right? They don't want to leave with that sour stain in their mouth. And if they can go out and beat Japan or tie Japan, then that certainly gives them something to say, hey, look, we're, we're not what you saw against Spain. We're better than that. That may not be possible. Japan's really good. So let's say Japan finds a way to win that game. Then that sets up a little thing called Spain and Germany at 2 p.m. on FS1. Now, unlike the final match day, Germany will know <laughs> what their fate is when it comes to this, right? Or as far as not their fate, they'll know that Japan, if they've got six points, Germany knows they've got to beat Spain. And then they've got to hope that Japan also beats Spain at some point, right? But like Germany will be eliminated if I'm well, they're I guess pretty I much misspoke because Japan is not guaranteed entry with just the way that this table has set up. Now they could clinch by day end tomorrow, yeah, depending yeah, on yeah. what happened with this Spain. They would game. effectively be, it would be hard to fathom them not being clinched. Yes. But no, what I'm saying is like, if Japan were to win, that puts them on six points. Germany needs the three to stay like, but then they'd be tied with Spain. If Spain were to somehow lose to Germany or to, yeah, if Germany beats Spain, then you're talking about Spain being tied on goal tied, but then goal differential. Spain is currently plus seven. Germany's minus one. So Whatever they beat Spain by, they would catch up a little bit, but still looking rough for the Germans. It's not going to be easy, man. It is really not going to be easy for them. So you may find that that Spain Germany game is awesome. You may find that it is a laugher, but I tend to think it's going to be Germany's best effort. Whatever they've got in the tank, you're going to see against Spain. So that one could be pretty great. Moving it's going to be a great midfield matchup as well. Oh, I mean, God. Gavi and Pedri and those young guys for Spain. I mean, my God, they were good. And really, before. Uh, the dam broke before with Germany against Japan bone. I mean, they were killing Japan. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. were holding the ball. They were doing great. Again, you and I talked about it. They just couldn't take these chances and that's going to come back and cost you. So again, it comes back to can Germany put the ball in the back of the net. They've had unbelievable chances against Japan. They just couldn't finish them off. If they do that tomorrow against Spain, uh, I said, I think this is going to set up a pretty salacious little matchup between two of the world powers that we have. Yeah. Um, now, moving on to Group F. So, in the previous two games of the Group F, Morocco and Croatia played to a scoreless draw. Belgium beat Canada after Canada really held their own against yeah. Belgium. but They got unlucky. They should, have, yeah. they should have seen at least a point out of that, if not three. So, here's what you have coming up tomorrow. Belgium takes on Morocco. I think that Morocco is equally as good as Canada, if not better. And yeah, they got some dudes on Morocco. Right. Of course they do. And Belgium struggled with Canada. So tomorrow, 8 a.m., circle that one for possible what happens with Belgium. That could be very interesting in that group. Croatia, Canada has a little bit of steam on it as well because mm -hmm. the Canadian head coach, I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, or let me say it I'm better. I'm looking it up as we speak because I can't remember. John off the top. Herdman. John Herdman, yes. John Herdman had some things that was like, he basically said more or less that like, he doesn't think Croatia's anything like he he was basically more or less blowing off Croatia like whatever. I don't care about that right now. Like I'm not even concerned about them. And and the way that that has kind of come out is more like, yeah, Croatia sucks. And and so now there's bulletin board materialness for Croatia to say, oh, oh, we're bad. Huh, Canada. Is that right? So there there's no shortage of interest to me. Japan just interesting to start off because they're fun to watch. Belgium-Morocco should be a banger of a game. Croatia-Canada should be a banger of a game. Spain-Germany Ger to cap it all off on a Sunday. 
this is a good day to watch some soccer. If you are looking to find the storylines for the soccer, they're all here for you. So I like how this one shapes up for tomorrow. Um, and of course, that would be standing wise, Morocco or Croatia getting three points. That puts them, if either of them do that, they'll be ahead of Belgium, clearly. And then Canada, who knows what they can do if they find a way to get through. I mean, this this group is also wide open, so it's... I, I find it hard to believe that... I know this is only Canada's only second World Cup they've ever played in. They got unlucky. They weren't able to score a goal. Alfonso Davies misses the penalty oh, he kick. Misses, like, yeah. That sucked. It sucked. It sucked for him. It gets Your saved. guy. I know. Courtois, I love him. I do love Alfonso Davies. Unlucky there. But whoever scores for Canada is going to be the first World Cup goal scorer in their nation's history. And oh, yeah. they're going to be an, an, a national hero up there. Yeah. Oh, let me uh, actually clarify my comments on John Herbin. What he actually said about Croatia was, ahem, fuck Croatia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, did he really say that? Yes, he did. <laughs> I think he was more or less because someone was Go like, Canada. someone was like, oh, yeah, what do you And he was just like, man screw that like i'm not like it it's not about he was trying to say i believe like it's not about them it's about us you know it's like it's about what we do it's not about what anybody else does i love and it and so so of course croatia's like oh is that so f us huh great f me f you yeah right (laughs) what's your name (laughs) terry fuck you that's isn't that i forget if it's terry i forget what the guy's name is anyway who cares uh all right that's it for us i will Try to make this work again tomorrow, I guess. We'll see if we can do it yeah, again tomorrow sure. night after uh, all the soccer and football and football and soccer. Beam, have a lovely evening. I'm sure there's nothing you'll be salty about that happened no. during mm-hmm. the course of this day because all we watched was soccer. There was really nothing else to look at. Oh, yeah. I don't even know, man. I don't even know what else would have happened. So it was a great day of soccer. Nothing else to complain about. Mm-mm. Good thing I got some frosty cold US IPA waiting for me in the fridge. I'm going to go here. I have that. Get a couple of those. 15 bottles of bourbon and Everclear. <laughs> so. Sounds like a great evening. Till next time, thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United. <laughs> <laughs>